Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley back for another episode of the Supercoach preseason series. So this is part two of my chat with Billy. And me and Billy in part one chatted about the Melbourne Storm and their Supercoach prospects for 2023. In part two, we feature the St. George Illawarra Dragons as well as the New Zealand Warriors. So let's get stuck into part two. Dragons fans, I need to say outright, I'm going to apologize to you. I'll make it up to you during the year, but... Because your team has the buy straight up, um, it's very hard to pick players for round one. So we are going to do a really quick preview um, because the other problem is that there isn't that many super coach relevant players. So we will talk about the Dragons a lot more during the year, I promise. But there just isn't that much in relevancy. And certainly from round one, it's very hard to own many Dragons at all. So we are going to talk about it a bit, though. And first of all, we need to talk about their gains and losses, Billy. The Dragons, I think... A real one of those real middling sides, and unfortunately, I've I'm picking them for potentially a bottom four season. Oh, I certainly think they're going to be a good side to be playing against in Supercoach. But when you're having a look at their gains, you know they got Jacob Little, who's going to replace the retired Andrew McCulloch. Look, that's probably better at this point. But then you look at some of the other ones, and Ben Murdoch Masala is going to be you know a bench forward. Zane Musgrove is probably going to be similar, and the losses, Burgess retired. Um, Jackson Ford left, Kaziowski left, McCulloch retired, Maguire left, and Tarek Sims went to the Storm. They didn't lose anyone fantastic, Billy, but they lost more than what they brought in, and they already weren't looking great for this year after last season's performance. I don't love them for this year as far as where they're going to finish. I'm, I'm picking them for probably bottom four, um, but certainly that 12 to 17 range, I don't think they're going to sniff the eight at all. Uh, have you got any more... I guess, positive outlook for this season than what I do. I tried, I looked for value, tried to find something that was sneaky and, mate, it was a waste of three minutes. But how do you think they're going to go for the season? I don't know the coach personally, but I know lots of people associated with the club or have been long-time fans. No one's confident. No one, no one seems to want to be there. Um, they've got the buyer to start with. I just don't think they've got any real momentum to... Or, or sort of key players to get them off the ground. Um, I know sort of Benny Hunt is a sort of quality player, but how much can he do by himself? Yeah, well, look, let's let's give them something positive here. The draw. They do have the buy straight up, the Dragons. I think you gravitate towards that being terrible. But what I will say is that after you get past round one, it means that they don't have another buy until round 16. And it does mean that they hit that first major buy playing the Dolphins. And it also means that if you look past round one, their draw's not too bad to start with. So round two, they hit the Titans, uh, then the Broncos away, and then the Sharks and the Dolphins. So three out of those four games, the Titans, the Sharks, and the Dolphins are all going to be home games for the Dragons. They then play the, the Titans again in round six after playing them in round two. So that first... Five games for them, Titans, Broncos, Sharks, Dolphins, Titans, is pretty good. And even if you keep going past that, they then hit the Raiders, the Roosters, the Dogs, the Tigers, and then it gets a bit harder. Well, you do need to have a look at some of the options because I think there is a couple that you could look at carrying into round one. Um, But let's talk about the guns first. Benny Hunt. 
I don't think that you can carry guns into round one without them playing unless they're like real. You can't burn a trade to get them later because you, you just you know that you're going to get them in. Um, ben Hunt isn't going to be that type of guy. He did have a good a good season though in real life. In Supercoach life, he actually dropped 11 points a game. So he is one of those guys that is as close to a gun as what we can get for St. George, although Lomax is, is up there at the 60 average, and we'll talk about him too. But he's really a fallen gun in criteria, Ben Hunt. 56 points per game, down from 67 points a game in 2021. It does mean that he's very cheap as a halfback at 585000 to start the year. So, look, there is some people that are looking at that cheaper second halfback spot. We said that we didn't like a Jerome Hughes. I don't like a Ben Hunt either, but if we're being fair and we're giving everyone the information, um, if you look past round one, I do actually like the Dragons draw quite a bit. And Ben Hunt did go on some great runs last year. So he is someone, Billy, that's always had a really good base. And if you have a look at his games last year when he was on fire, he did go for some good runs and really consistent scoring. I, I guess the problem with his him is that his real consistent scoring is going like 75, 62, 80, not going 100-plus, and he had no 100-plus scores last year. So yeah, it, it's just one of those things where it doesn't translate that well for Hunt, but it did in 2021. He's a, he's a close-to-gun for the Dragons, Billy. We've got to talk about some of the options. I could actually see him going well in draft because um, after round one, I think he's got a pretty good draw for a couple of months. So definitely a draft look for me. The mere fact that you just mentioned that kind of draw probably gives him a bit of an elevated sort of... Um, uh... I was going to say gun then, but I can't use that word. <laughs> Semi-gun. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Sorry, Dragons fans. Um, oh, mate, it's... Uh, with his draw, he has a potential to go on a little bit of a sort of 65, 70, carry on the sh- shoulders type sort of run. Um, but still a bit of money to fork out for a what-if, isn't it? Especially off the back of a buyer start with. You just... I just don't see a way to be able to do it. Like, especially with a bloke that's not even goal kicking, mate. I just, yeah, we're clutching at straws here just to give some options, but I, I can't really back him with any confidence apart from say he's got a soft draw and maybe it might be a sentimental Queensland type pick. I don't know. I don't know, mate. No, you can't get him for classic. For draft, though, I think you'll go pretty late. Not late, late rounds, but like, you know, late middle rounds. And that's, Pretty good value for him, I think, with that draw. Could surprise a few coaches. Uh, their other gun, and it is a real gun because he averaged 60 last year, Zach Lomax. Now, I have had a re- very controversial Zach Lomax relationship for Supercoach for a number of years because I have never loved him as an option like others have. And he's the last three years... Just in real life as well, not not progressed as a player. He comes in at $634,000 for your centre wing and he's priced off 60 average in 2022. 2021, when there was heaps of attack everywhere, like we mentioned, he averaged 57. 2020 was his career year at 68 points per game. That is now three years ago. So I think that the shine has started to wear off his potential. Had a really good 2020 at 68 a game, but hasn't sniffed anywhere near that since. When you're having a look at it, you know, he does have a very good base and that's always been his appeal. 32 raw base, 45 base, base attack. And then when you include his goal kicking, you know, that you, then you start to see the appeal because you go, well, 
that's 55 points and he's just going to get just coming onto the field with his goal kicking, his raw base, his base attack. If he scores a try, he's going to turn up. He just doesn't do it. Like he, 46% of the time he went 60 plus, which when you consider his base, base attack and the floor with goal kicking, it's pretty poor. And then when you have a look at his scores, he, he, he didn't turn up last year. Had a few big ones where he went 93, 98, 91 as his three biggest scores. But it was just a lot of solid scores of 50s and 60s, and but nothing big. And that's always been my problem with him, Billy. Even if they didn't have the buy round one, there's no way I'd be interested at 634,000. And I've got real question marks as to whether he's actually going to get better as a player. We've got some mutual friends that are big Dragons fans and they, they reckon they can guarantee he's going to be a lot better this year. He's changing sides, his attitude's better and everything else, but I'm just, I can't buy it with him. Well, I don't know if that'll actually be beneficial to him or not because where he gets a lot of his points from, apart from sort of tackle busting and, and some goal kicking, he has that, he reminds me of um, Stags, like he's greedy, he goes himself, but at the last minute he's always got that little flick at the back of the hand um, to the winger, or if he has three defenders defenders on him, he'll, he'll, he'll throw it under his legs, or whatever you call it. He's had he's had a lot of success in over the last sort of uh, three years or so with, with getting try assist and line break assist at the last minute, and then kicking the goal for a very 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 quick kind of twenty eight points because he'll get he'll get the um the two points for the hit up, the guy the tackle bass, then he'll have a off a basically a, an offload carry for for line break assist try. 30 points, one run. That's generally how he rolls. But if you go back and watch a lot of the games last year, he, he was doing it three, four times a, ga- a game and throwing the ball over the sideline. So he bas- basically just uh, c- closing his eyes and just uh, uh, chucking it out of bounds. So if you move him to the other side, you, you're taking away that little sort of right-hand kind of offload flick. So you're going to have to be hoping on him maybe being a little bit sort of better, better at ball player and just drawing and passing, or even, even worse, getting concerned that now he's going to be a decoy and just sort of cut out because most footballers are naturally right, right-handed right and, and sort of um, pass left a lot easier. Yeah, I, I could not like him less. And I, I agree with you on that other side. I'm not, I'm not sure how much is going to help him. The, the thing is, he, if you look at just the raw numbers, mm. he only had six out of his 24 games last year that he went 70-plus. Yeah, that's pretty poor. And when you look at it, he only scored six tries in 24 games as well. The year before, he scored four tries in 12 games. Yeah, He's not going to score a lot of tries. And I don't see the Dragons having a, a better season either as far as them having a lot more points in them, which is the other problem for him. So, look, borderline through Lomax. I'm not even going to look at him in draft. I've just, I've, I've really got no interest. He's a young man still. He might surprise me. He might get better. I always support that. You know, young guys, prove me wrong. I love to see footballers become better and become stars and stuff. So if Lomax wants to do that, all power to him. I just are not going to bet on it happening in Supercoach. Mids and cheapies. Uh, For the Dragons, Billy, I want to get your opinion on this before we go through actual names. I actually think this is where you can consider Dragons for round one because every year you have guys that you throw in that you know are going to get game time, cheapies that you know are going to make money but maybe aren't going to start round one. It's even easier this year if you're going to look at the Dragons that way because you know that they're going to be playing round two. So for me, when you've got cheapies or even some mid guys, as long as they're not too expensive, you could actually start these guys in your side for round one knowing they've got the buy because you know they're going to hit you know round two and they're going to be a cheapie that you want. So I'm actually going to consider some of these guys. But how do you feel about that? 
the problem with that with, for the dragons is the blokes that you kind of want <laughs> is for me would be the blokes that they've already got rid of. So like a bloke like uh, Jackson Ford, he can come in and play what a solid sort of a solid 60, 60 minutes have a high, have a high work rate. Those are the sorts of dragons that you would that you would want if you were going to get some sort of interchange bloke that's going to, going to be going to play more minutes because of all the um the the, the team movements. Um, you just it just comes down to what sort of price that price they're at because of playing possibly 35, 40 minutes last year and only getting up to sort of 45, 50, 50 minutes. So you just need to look at blokes like that and try and figure out, am I going to get an extra 10 minutes or 15 and what's my cutoff point? Well, have I got a deal for you, Billy? Let's go. Tyrell Sloan, you tried to sell me on him last preseason. And I said, no, no, no. Not at that price, Billy. I'm not interested. I know that you started with him, so you're a little bit burnt. You're a bit gun-shy. He's an ex, an ex of yours that you're never going to call back again. Not even going to get a booty call. You just don't want any bar of it. That's fine. I understand the burn. It works for a, it works for a round. <laughs> <laughs> I understand the burn, okay? Uh, I, I, don't, I didn't think this was as controversial as what it is because Sloan comes in at only 298000 and he now has no competition for that fullback spot. Like, Moses Mbai is the only other guy they might put there. Cody Ramsey's ruled out for the year. They've got other injury issues in the halves with Amona as well. And it's just, he, he's got the job. And they copped a lot of flack last year for dropping him so early. Um, and also, they wouldn't let him go elsewhere either. They said they wanted to keep him and play him. He's not going to get dropped to start the year. He's going to get some games in. Now, here's where I'm going to really sell it, Okay. I know that, like even Perso, who was on the Tigers podcast a couple of weeks ago, completely disagrees with me on Sloan. That's fine. Centre wing, we're not going to get enough cheapies to fill it out. So you're going to have to pick some of these mid guys. At 298000 he's a lot cheaper than some others. You know, you've got Perham, who's rocking in at 370000 You know, that's 75000 almost more than what Sloan is. And I haven't seen anything to say that Perham's definitely going to be that much better than Sloan or better at all. I'd rather save the money and get a Sloan, for instance. Now, when you're looking at Sloan's numbers, even just last year, 42.5 point average, playing 80 minutes as a fullback in 2022. He's priced on an average of 28 points a game. So already playing fullback just on the numbers, he's 14.5 points under price coming into this year. If you look at his 2021 games, he had five games at fullback and he averaged 64 points per game. So for those that want to look at the last two years span, 54 averages are starting NRL fullback and he's priced at 28. Now, I'm not a massive Sloan fan. I don't actually love him as a player. I haven't liked his attitude in the past. I've agreed why Griffin's dropped him in different things. But for Supercoach, I don't care about that. I just care about the numbers. And the numbers say this is a guy priced at 28 that could hit 50s in an average. But even if he hits a 45 average because he's got a really poor base, it doesn't matter. He's making money and he's only going to cost me 298000 so I'm all in on that. I, I actually think he's a decent option and I really like the draw for him as well. He does have a 23 raw base at fullback last year and only 31 base base attack, which is low. But we both know that he can hit some attack and with the draw, uh, I think it's fairly enticing that he's going to have some games and he does get some attack there. He's a type of guy that can get the try assists and stuff going because he's seen we've seen that with him before. I don't like having to sell Sloan this much. I thought more people would be okay with it at 298000 
I seem to be the outlier, Billy. What, what am I doing wrong here? Oh, not winning Supercoach. <laughs> <laughs> mate, he, he's just... There's 149,000 other people. Not yeah, that, yeah so. I know, mate, I know. I've been doing this too long. and I... Oh, anyway, let's try again. Um, he just, like, like you said, mate, he, apart from having a low base, he just doesn't pass the eye test. He doesn't seem to want to get involved in anything. And even, even, even if he does and gets a try assist, it still comes back to... Okay, he's so great. He just scored 24 points then. But then you don't see him for another 30 minutes on the field. It's infuriating. So it's not that he doesn't have potential, it's just that he just doesn't seem to want to be out there. Oh, I, I agree with that. And I, I don't like him as a player. But just, just on the numbers, I think that you buy him. You know, even if it's just last year's average of 43 points a game, 15 points undervalued. Like for 298,000. Oh, look. The, 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 the only, what I will give you, that draw. If you at that at that price, if you need someone to fill the last spot, and all of a sudden you you, you come to the game where you've got you know um, Tedesco's out and Cheese is out, um, and the, let's say you've only got those two chooks and you don't want to sell them, and you have to put you know a uh, a fourth person for the bench that week, Sloan versus what uh, Titans or Warriors or something or other, why not? Well, that's a that's a thing. Like I I, I would put him in normally and not want to play him. But his first five games, I generally want to play him four out of those five. He's He's got the Titans playing him, Broncos probably playing him. They give up a lot of points for fullbacks for a few years running. Sharks, I'll bench him. Dolphins playing him. And then Titans playing him. You know, like it's it's pretty enticing for four out of those five matchups to actually play Sloan. Um, and, and it's like your fourth centre wing. So what? Throw him in there. He's got a really good matchup as a fullback that can find attack. I, again, I don't know why it's that controversial to consider him when people are buying Perham at seventy five k more, um, and even you know the hammer is forty k more, thirty five k more. Like, why not just spend less and grab Sloan? It's a good draw. I think he should be considered a bit more. And like, you know what? He's a type of guy at two hundred ninety eight thousand. It doesn't matter. He doesn't play round one to me. I'll just show another low price 250k guy in there that I've got on my bench, Dunster or something for power. I'll play him round one. I'll cop a 35 or whatever. Then I'll be able to interchange Sloan in for the next week when he's got a better draw. You're doing that with your center wing roulette anyway with the cheapies. So uh, I actually think he's an option. But the other guys that are cheap for them, Ben Murdoch Masala and Fuyumano. Now, I've been surprised with Murdoch Masala how many people are looking at him, but I need to concede that his price is extremely cheap. He's 235000 That is cheap. That is the type of price point as a dual front row forward, second row forward that you just go, you know what? It doesn't matter if he's on the bench. I can pick him anyway. You know the problem with it though, Billy? When you have a look at it, he averaged 25 minutes a game last year and scored 19 points a game. I would be very worried unless he's starting and I don't see any way they start him that that's his role, that he's a low-minute bench forward. And if that's the case, he's not going to go anywhere. He's going to be an AE nightmare, and he's just going to be a waste. So if he's starting, 100%, I'll just throw him straight in, probably my fourth front row forward option. I'll just let him sit there and hopefully get 40, 50 minutes and and make some money. If he's not starting, though, uh, I actually couldn't go near him, even though he's almost bottom dollar at 235K. I wouldn't want to have him there for exactly the same reason. It's kind of like having the old uh, Spencer Linear so so much potential, but, you know, 15, 20-minute cameos, they come on, they got 20 20 points off 20 minutes, then you don't see him again. Um, You just can't get rid of him. Yeah. 
Agreed, mate. Um, and I actually think Fumano has more chance at starting. And if, you know, he did, he's shown before that he can be a bit of a better super coach option. 235K, probably got more of a chance. But look, this is probably one of the things anyway, Billy, where we can wrap up the Dragons just by saying, you know, if you get one of these guys at 235K that starts, pick the one that starts. Don't pick the guy that's on the bench. And it doesn't really matter if they're not any good, like a, a Murdoch Masala for super coach. If they're starting, you just grab them at that price. If they're not, throw them to the curb. You're better off with guys like Mole or Nichols or someone that's in a better team that has a bit more potential. So we said Dragons fans that there wouldn't be too much to talk about. I'm sorry there isn't, but look, I gave one of your boys a, a go in my side. He's going to stick in there, Sloan. He's going to be in my side for round one. But the New Zealand Warriors, they have a few more options. So it's going to be a little bit more juicier, although, you know, still not Melbourne Storm juicy. So I'll <laughs> <laughs> half apologise to Warriors fans as well. The Warriors gains and losses, uh, they have had a plethora of guys come in. So Mitch Barnett, Jackson Ford. They've also got uh, Luke Metcalf from the Sharks, who I like. Nicole Klockstad is coming back. Nakore from the Parramatta Eels. Dylan Walker. Braden Williami, all these guys could end up in the 17. So that, that could be half of the Warriors, 17 and new players. With the guys that are gone, the main ones are Katoa, although he wasn't getting big game time. Ewan Aitken has gone as well. But for, you know, the large part, Cody Nikarima and these type of um, depth guys, Reese Walsh is going to be a big loss. But for the large part, you know, I think they've probably gained slightly more than what they had. And I think they're a little bit better. In saying that, Billy, for the season, and Warriors fans always hate this, but I do see them as a potential bottom fourth side. And I, they could play well to start the year. They do have a, a different coach. They do have a lot of really good forwards that I like that are coming in and guys that are going to be healthy, like Fanil Black and Curran. I do like their forward pack. I, I just I don't see them being better than a bottom four side still. Yeah, agree. I wish for once it'd be nicer to say, look, Warriors for the eight. Just don't see them doing it. Even when they buy, mate, they've they've got to fork out extra cash in order to get some a marquee player over there, or they've got to they've got to go and get some scraps or play players that are sort of what you would consider fringe at another club that they're just looking for bigger minutes. I mean, case in point, Nakore, like he's not a bad player, but is he an absolute eighty minute uh, dominant edge player? I guess that's what we need to talk about. Yeah, well, look, let's. Um, start off with their draw quickly. They don't have a buy until round 12, uh, which is quite good for them. But it's a real mixed bag when you look at the draw. I only have two home games in the first six rounds, which isn't great to start with for Supercoach. They hit the Knights up first, then the Roosters, and then the Cowboys. The Roosters-Cowboys are away trips, which is really bad. And they've got the Bulldogs at home, and then they hit the Sharkies, the Knights again and the Cowboys at home, and then the Storm, the Roosters, the Panthers. It's just, it's not Jesus. a good draw. It doesn't matter how you slice it that first two, two and a half months. I don't know what the Warriors did to the NRL, but they didn't get the draw. Jesus Christ, poor Warriors. They did everything humanly possible to keep the competition going during uh, COVID. And how do we repay them? Yeah, mate, you get to play the play, play Panthers six times. <laughs> play, play the Cowboys. And the Roosters twice in your first 10 games. And also we'll throw in Penrith, the Sharks and the Storm for you for some other top four sides. It's uh, wow. It's really rough. 
Um, so for that reason, uh, it's pretty hard to go for attacking players. But like we've spoken about on the podcast before, and I think Billy's brought it up himself plenty of times, it, the draw doesn't necessarily lend itself to if it's bad, that it's bad for the forwards. The forwards can still go okay. And the Warriors do have a pretty good forward pack. The gun for the forward pack to start off the chat is Tohu Harris. Um, Tohu is coming in at 640000 And he can actually go in the front row forward this year. So that's going to add some value. And it's why some people are looking at Tohu. And I get it. You know, he's a guy that has averaged close to 70 points a game before. 2020, 69 points. 2021, 69 points. 2022, 61 points. Big drop-off in 2022. I am going to go on a limb here and say I'm not interested in Tohu at all. And I'm going to upset a lot of Warriors fans. So I'm going to be nice about it and say... Tohu used to be a gun. He used to be a great player to have. 2020 to 2021 was fantastic. He's only 32 this season. And when you have a look at his games last year, uh, look, he was already playing 69 minutes a game for that 61 points. And I think that the misconception is, that, oh, yeah, but he was you know playing a lot of edge games. He actually wasn't. He was named on the edge, but he played almost entirely in the middle for the whole year. So... 61 points for 69 minutes, almost all in the middle. It's it's not very good. That PPM just isn't great. And the minutes are already high. He already had one try for the year, and that was it with hardly any other base attack. Pretty much all he was doing was, was working really hard. And that's fantastic. You know, it's great to have a front row forward that can have a base at 51 like he did last year. But if you need 69 minutes to do that, that's not very good. And it's it's even worse when there's no attacking upside. So I, I don't want to ride Tohu into the ground here, but I pretty much have because for 640000 it's just I don't see any way that it's going to be good because even the consistency, Billy, he couldn't even go 60-plus half the time. 47% of his games, he went 60-plus last year. You know, the, with his age, the only saving grace is that, yeah, he was coming back from major injury, but I don't even think he's going to get 69 minutes this year. Like, I, I think that he's going to get... That's, that's the whole point. I think he's going to get the least minutes that he's gotten in the last five years because of his age and stuff and the, all the other forwards that they've bought. So there's, just, there's nothing there for me for Tohu Harris this year. That was the other point I was just about to make. Um, all those minutes that he played last year, what, what do you think they acquired all those other players? So, so he wouldn't have to, mate. Even even if he's even if he's the the alpha prop and does repeat exactly the same minutes as last year, what what do you get? What are you getting? Nothing. You're getting exactly what you paid for with a risk of injury or risk of him going going uh, down in points because there's so much more depth there. And they they're playing what the top four teams in the competition. Like if they're getting absolutely pumped, you think he's going to be out there doing doing 60, 65 minutes in the front row? They're just going to go, mate, take a breather. Yeah, no chance. Exactly right. That's a really good point too. He's going to be one of the first guys that takes a breather in that forward pack. It's There's no upside. Like he doesn't even have the attack upside. His offloads are dried up. He's, he doesn't get tries anymore. He's The only thing I will say for him is that he did seem to score a lot better when he was wearing number eight or 10 on his pack for some reason. Like, even though it's the same as playing Locke, really, for the role that he was doing, he did score better as a prop. He's, he's possibly going to be named as a starting prop this year. But I just I see him playing 58 to 62 minutes. And if he gets 58 minutes, like 11 minutes less a game on someone whose PPM wasn't going well anyway, but there's just no way I could go near him at 640000 even though he's a front row forward option. 
I would much rather go for a fallen gun ability, and they've got a few good fallen guns. The first one is Fenua Blake, 550,000. It's a bit pricey. His scoring has gone down four years in a row, though. It has gone 66, 60, 58, and 52 points per game last year. His minutes have been between 51 and 55 for that last four years, though. So it's just been his PPM that's really fluctuated. And I think that last year and the year before as well, he was playing injured a bit. Certainly last year he had some lower-minute games mixed in a couple of times. But largely his, his offload just, just went. He had a 46 base and a six base attack. He used to be a guy at Manly that used to offload all the time and it just completely dried up at the Warriors, which is surprising. But he was also absolutely brilliant really close to that line too, which different team now. Yeah, one try last year. Um, so, look, it is a new coach, Billy. I, I think it might be a bit of a new philosophy too. I, I, I don't really want Fenua Blake at 550000 but I'll tell you what, for a hundred grand less almost, I would rather back him from going from a 52 to a 60 average than to back Tohu to, you know, go back up to a 69 average. It's the same amount of points, yeah. but you're spending less and there's a lot more chance for that with Fenua Blake. And Fenua Blake has shown some attacking upside in the past at least. So, I mean, I don't love Fenua Blake. But look, I'd rather pay less to have him if I really wanted a warrior. Yeah, yeah. Val, Val, uh, yeah, <laughs> both valid points. I, I just wouldn't want to go near AFB unless he was back at, back at sort of Manly War with, 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 with a better pack. But, but I, know, I know you're talking mathematically, and I agree with it. I just struggle with the minutes that he's going to get. That's all I mean. Yeah, I can't have him. I'm just I'm benchmarking him against the other front row in Tohu. That if they're the two starting front rowers, Tohu's getting a lot of attention. I just I, if you had to have a warrior, I'd rather even just pick Fanua Blake. But I'm not going to pick either of them. Um, but there is some fallen guns that could be juicy. Now Barnett has come over on a 51 average score from 2022, where he only played 66 minutes a game. Now, we've seen the three years prior to that. He went 64, 61, and 62 average, and that was all basically averaging 70-plus minutes a game. As an, We know him well from Newcastle, Billy. As an 80-minute edge, uh, he was a guy with some really nice work rate, really nice base attack with his tackle break and offloads, and he could find a try here and there as well. Um, didn't happen for him last season. And a goal. And a goal. He can goal kick too. Um, but he kept getting shafted, right? When, whenever he's playing edge, he... He went to the middle, and then when he played middle, he got low minutes. And yeah. you'd hope that going to the Warriors, that maybe he's going to get some semblance of consistency. So if Barney gets named on an edge, you'd hope that he's going to play 80 minutes. So this, this week's trial is going to be really interesting because if he's playing 80 minutes on an edge for the Warriors at 536,000, he all of a sudden comes into calculations a little bit because we've seen him be a gun for three straight years until last year. It's again, it's one of those things where you kind of have to guess the role. Maybe trials will be key, but could we see a, a Barney resurrection from his edge days when he's when he scoring 64 a game because he's only 28 years of age? Yeah, it's possible with um Katawa leading from over there, but they've got uh, they've got so much depth with those edges, and you never know which one of those those um locks is going to end up playing edge as well because you've <laughs> Exactly what you said before about sort of Tohu. Like you, apart from apart from last year, you go back prior. He's playing locked, then then going on edge, and they never play on Thursday or Friday nights. They're always later in the weekend. So whatever team gets set, that second row always freaking moves around at the last minute. So 
even if you did get Barney, like there's no guarantee that he plays 80 on that left or even goes anywhere near kicking. I don't even know what their, their kicking depth is like, but there's no guarantee he gets 80 minutes or the or the or the edge spot or last minute kind of turn around and yeah, back to the same role at Newcastle where he's coming off the bench or even starting and only getting sort of 45 minutes because that they really read that Karen bloke. Yeah, we're going to talk about him now. Um, I will finish off on Barney by saying, you know, he's priced on 51 in the year before last when he got consistent edge minutes. When you look at his edge games, he was basically a mid to high 60 scorer. So he, he could be at least 15 points undervalued if he plays 80 on an edge. Um, and he does a lot of that with his work rate and his base attack as well. So it, it's interesting. I'm going to look at him in draft. He'll go late in draft. And I think that's going to be fantastic. But I'll, I'll still watch him, though in classic as the rounds progress, but with that tough draw, I'm certainly not going to start with him. Big Balls Pod, you mentioned Curran, and I'm going to put Curran as a Big Balls Pod, Billy, because I would actually start with Curran. He is a worker, and he's someone who I can't believe how much his role got minimised. Last year, he scored 54 points a game, playing 64 minutes a game. That was down from 70 minutes a game at 67 points a game in 2021. But it was just the way that they did his minutes. You know, sometimes he'd be starting, sometimes he'd be on an edge, sometimes he'd be on the bench, sometimes he'd be playing 13. It was just all over the place for him and he just got no consistency. Yeah, like I was saying before, you never know because it it always changes at the last minute. Yeah, that's right. I think with a new coach, you'd kind of think that he's going to, give some consistency and sort of have a bit of a game plan of his own and, and come in and, and execute that. 568,000, you know, Curran could be one of the best undervalued second row forwards of anyone that we have to choose from. And I don't say that lightly, like I legitimately think that, 568,000, because we saw it with an average of 70 minutes a game in 2021. He could go 67 points a game. Like he's legitimately a 70-plus player if he's an 80-minute edge. Uh, we saw him be able to score tries, but he actually has a really high work rate as well. And the numbers all support that. When you're even on the edge, he's got a really good base. Um, base, base attack should be 50-plus at a minimum. And then you've already got, you know, all the attack that could come into it as well. I, I, I'd i really like him if I knew he's playing 80 minutes on an edge. And all the numbers say, you know, we're waiting for him to be a superstar and super coach because he could be a 70-plus point player very easily. Reminds me a lot of a Cam Murray type of scoring. Uh, he could do that if he got the consistent role. Does he get that yeah. under a new Warriors coach? So, Yeah. Got the, only other, the only other negative, negative, and this is a small one, or maybe, maybe a, little, a little bit bigger, the 2021 year, like you're right, average 74 off his eight, uh, average 74 off his full, full 80 minute games pretty much. But that was also the year with the rule changes. So does that inflate it somewhat? Maybe. Let's have a quick look at um, last year. It probably does, but because he's priced off 54, like I think that it gives him a nice, like, you know, if you take that 74 down to a 64, you've still got 10 points value, right? So I think that's the great thing with his price point. Now, I'm only going off the, the, the games that he's actually named in an edge jersey. I can't tell you if he was changed or changed the last minute. There were five, five games last year in the tall jersey. Para, Canberra, Melbourne, Penrith. Penrith and Gold Coast. He averaged 43 in his games on the edge last year, but those weren't all 80-minute games. Like, there was 80 minutes, 77, 30 minutes, 66, and 35. So it, it raises the question, number one, did he, did he actually put, play minute uh, middle, rotate through middle, or 
play edge and wrap rotate through the middle or was he just a, a t- t- typical warriors just moving players around but either way unless he's unless he's solidified with that sort of 80 minute role and probably in the on in the 11 jersey as opposed to the 12 playing the other side i'd i'd probably hold off yeah i mean the other thing too is that if if tohu is named a prop again like he was at the end of last season like we think he's going to be the starting props will be for newell black and tohu and then tohu's not named at 13 that could be current named at 13 um that's potential as well he wasn't as dynamic as a 13 and it does cap his minutes but yeah it's that i'd still i'd like him in draft a lot as a 13 still i'd actually consider maybe starting with him if i knew he was an 80 minute edge but the draw probably just pushes me out of it but if i was going to own one of the warriors players uh, i would own current that would be the one warrior player i would pay to own um over everybody else that they have yeah i'd probably have to agree all right, controversy. I don't think this is going to be controversial anymore, but um, the mistake that people could be making, um, and a couple of percent of teams, so yeah, there's there's a few people doing it, at least a couple of thousand have already done it, and let's put Sean Johnson in your team. <laughs> um, I understand because, uh, you know, at a point last year, I went, look, there's some value there, and he went on a little bit of a run and made 100 grand in a few weeks, and it was great. You could cash out. Problem is for round run, you know, it's it's there's still not going to be any value there at four hundred fifty six thousand. Um, the only thing that could help him is if he gets the goal kicking, and then it might be interesting because he's off a forty three average at the moment. Yeah, groin. Hammy. Yeah, groin hammy. Yeah, he's going to have the injury problems, but forty three average, you can go right if he's got goal kicking, and it's a better Warriors side. Surely he's got ten points in him. Yeah, you go to fifty three. That draw just kills him. You know, and SJ completely relies on his attack now. So with that draw, even if he had the goal kicking, don't be tempted by it. Even if he's goal kicking at 456,000, you just can't do it. There's no way. His base was 17 last year. His base, base attack was 22. And he's a guy that used to have great base attack, right? He used to get the tackle breaks and run the ball a bit. Doesn't run the ball anymore. He's solely relying on goal kicking and try assists. You can't have it. He did not hit a ton last year and he went 60 plus 24% of the time. Doesn't matter about goal kicking. Don't go near him, really. Yeah, and you got to remember, back in the day, his strength was his running game too. Like from from a standstill, that that step off the, in, off the inside between a couple, the, those line breaks were insane. He's, he's not doing that anymore. He's, uh, I wouldn't say he's our age, but he's certainly certainly not <laughs> nowhere near as fast and fast and sharp as he used to be. Passing game's still there, but yeah, you're more relying on the on the grubbers um, uh, in in behind the D line for those six six again. To give him some credit, look, I actually think that Sean Johnson will have a little bit of a bounce back here. Look, I think in real life he'll be better for the Warriors than what he maybe was last year, but for Super Coach, it's it's just not going to be there. There is some mid-value guys and some cheapies that might be interesting for the Warriors. Uh, one of them came out from your eels, Billy, so let's chat about him. Nikore is 419500 Pretty cheap secondary forward option. He's coming off a 40 average, playing 44 minutes a game. Now, he is somebody who could also start on an edge or could start at 13 for them. If he does, you'd expect at least 55 minutes. You know, So he's got at least 11 minutes in him on his PPM, Nine or ten points value just there, and that's on the lower minute side. And four hundred nineteen thousand, it's a it's a pretty small outlay. When you have a look at his actual season last year, he mainly did it all with base, right? 
And when you're looking at his edge games, where he did start on an edge, uh, he had one game at 78 minutes where he scored 53, and it was 53 in base. Another game where he played 58 minutes on the edge as a starter, 52 raw base, 52 points. It probably tells you a lot about what you're going to get from him. Um, he's going to be real good at a, a raw base at close to a 1 ppm a minute. Uh, but at 13, he didn't really have that many games. He's only got the one last year where he scored 42 points in 46 minutes. But certainly, Billy, you can see there just on last year that the value is going to be there if he's starting. Uh, he should be able to give you at least 10 points value, 419000 Pretty small investment, and he's only 26 years of age. So it's one of those things where someone like him could have a legitimate breakout uh, in 2023. The Warriors pack is pretty stacked, though, and that's my concern with him. If he was in a, a pack with thinner depth, if he was in a better team with a better draw, yeah. uh, I actually could really talk myself into your boy, but you know, a couple of big factors there to consider against him. Yeah, look, the, the big one for him is he never looks dangerous. There's no there's no real tackle bust in there. There's no sort of Nathan Brown face on it. He just a real footy player who gets in there, does his job. He, he's, he's no puppet lead. He's got the net legs pumping. He's going to dive over the line every sort of second game. He's just not made for super coach. I hope he goes well. I think he's a good acquisition for them. But even if he was playing 80 minutes, he just... He's kind of like Aiden Tolman on the edge. That's not a big selling point, is it? Um, <laughs> uh, one guy that I did like the look of in the trial and has been named to start at centre is Willie Army. Uh, Willie Army is named to start centre on this TLT for this um, almost full-strength Warriors side. He is bottom dollar. So he's a centre wing that you might be able to throw in there at the moment. Any bottom dollar guys that are going to start, you're almost going to have to put them in your centre wing because I don't think we're going to get very many of them. So that's the one for the Warriors. But the mid, other mid-price back that you could get that isn't bottom dollar is Nickel Clockstad. CNK is coming in at his lower pro, lowest price ever. So when we're having a look at him, he's projected to play fullback, but he is also in some teams projected to be in the centres. I don't think that he will be in the centres. I am pretty confident that he'll be fullback. He's only 327000 So he's another guy that I'd have over Perham at the Bulldogs for sure because he's, again, 50K cheaper. He's coming off a 31 average. Now, we know that when you look at the prior seasons, before that, he's gone 49, 54, and a 57 average. And certainly, if you look at years like 2019, um, you can see what he was doing at fullback, and it's pretty easy to replicate. He didn't score a hell of a lot of tries. Uh, A lot of his stats were from his base, and you'd expect that that's still going to be there. So I I actually have him at the moment. Um, Two of the mid-range guys that I have picked... A nickel Clockstad and also Sloan. Um, and I've gone them over Perham and the Hammer as similar price sort of guys. I quite like him. Uh, the draw is a worry, but I think the thing with him is that in the past at the Raiders, he didn't get that many tries there either, but he made himself effective with a lot of runs, um, some tackle breaks, and he could just do that again and just give you a solid 50. But the best thing with him, Billy, is that because he's priced off a 31, like he could have a, a bad start to the year and only average 45 points a game and it's still 14 points of value and you're still going to have cash rolling in. So he'll get you 70K within a couple of weeks or three weeks and you get towards 100K pretty quickly. So yeah. I do quite like him as an option in your centre wing for round one. Yeah, that's the whole thought process. I 
you, you, you made it sound like um, <laughs> he was just an option. I, I actually thought he was in every single person's team at the moment as a starter. So if he's not, yeah, I, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly what you said, mate. He's at, at his price point. All he needs to do is make a few runs at the fullback, um, score more points than what he's worth. Just fill in the position for the short term until such time as you can, you can sort of upgrade him or someone else cheaper comes along. I think he's just. Uh, just at that playable sort of price point. Yeah, and I think the other thing to support him too is that um, I think a lot of people, just because he's been around for a long time and it feels like he's sort of, you know, regressed in his career and started to be benched and stuff and young guys are being played over him. I think people think that he's really old. He's only 27 coming into this year. So he, he's hitting his prime years now. So he's got a very good case to be able to go back up to that sort of mid-50s average pretty quickly. Uh, and, and I actually think that he, he's got a really good chance at that. So I, I, I like him in there. He's my pick of the Warriors. Um, certainly the bottom dollar cheapies I'll have in there, but CNK is probably my pick of those mid guys and even over some of those star guys. Uh, I, you know, I, I really quite like CNK for this year, even with the draw. And when it opens up later on, like if you're able to hold him, when it opens up, he will have some games that he starts to score some tries and then you'll really you know, probably be able to make 200K out of him rather than 100K. And that's the type of upside that I'm really looking for with some of those mids. Um, other than that, Billy, there isn't really a lot of other guys to talk about for the Warriors. So that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, I'm going to profusely apologize to Warriors and Dragons fans again that there just isn't that many options to talk about from round one. Both of you have been stung with a, a bit of a bad draw, Billy. So a, we couldn't talk them up. The Melbourne Storm fans should be pretty happy with part one, though. Isn't it funny with the Storm League? They, they seem to have sort of 400. 400 or 500 fullbacks to get through. They finally, they finally sell them off or, or they get injured and then the uh, boys come out and say, oh, by the way, there's a, new, there's a new gun in the ranks. Mate, it's like they have a fullback battery down there. <laughs> yeah, the, the bloke that played against us on the weekend wasn't too shabby, was he? They're the old third stringer they got there that won't even play first grade. But anyway, thanks for jumping on again, Billy. Love uh, chatting the footy with you. We'll get you on when the season kicks off in a few weeks as well and we'll have another chat then. But appreciate your input on tonight's pre-season podcast, episode number five. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. All right, for everyone listening, if you want to download or subscribe, which is even better, or just listen and stream, you can do so on SoundCloud, Amazon, Spotify, iTunes, we are everywhere. You can also follow us on Twitter, uh, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars to keep up to date with all the podcast episodes and everything. Please share it around. Please subscribe. It's great to see the numbers. It's fantastic this preseason. Love it. Good luck with your sides. Enjoy the trolls this week. I'll be having a beer at the pub and watching the uh, Penrith Panthers take on St. Helens and before that, the Charity Shield with the Dragons and South with a few uh, big super coach nuts. So I can't wait to start watching the footy this week at the pub, but enjoy it. Play around with your teams, listen to the podcast. We'll chat again real soon. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, 